everybody. Welcome to Outspoken, episode 43. I am your host, Justin White, and that is a motorcycle going by my house. Um, Before I introduce my guest tonight, I'd like to talk a little bit about the music for the show. Um, It's been a little while since I've done so, and I think periodically I shall remind the listeners, dear listeners, um, I make all the music for the show, for all the shows, uh, unless otherwise noted. Every once in a while I have a guest on who's a musician and some of their music will be used. But otherwise, all the interludes and the themes and everything are made by me. And I love it. I love doing it. Um, it's part of what keeps me sane in the world and alive on this earth. And I hope that you also like listening to them. Um, each episode has different music. Um, I like to make specific interlude music for each person. Um, at least every, at least one for every episode is dedicated to that particular guest. And, um, and all of it is original and different for each episode except for a few in the early on when I was sleep deprived and um, bad at file keeping. So yeah, everybody gets their own different original music and someday I'm going to put them up as downloadable files so you can have just the music separately if you, if you were to wish to have it. Uh, perhaps at a, at a subscriber level on a Patreon page in the near future. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, every one of these songs that I make, I register at BMI, which is like a copyright, you know? Um, all rights reserved. Please don't use any of it without my express permission. And uh, that's the end of that disclaimer. But uh, yeah, just wanted to say music is life and my life is made better by music. And I like being able to pass that around to others. Um, So my guest today is Colin B. And um, he is a friend, he is the boyfriend, I guess it's okay to use that word, even when you're talking about adults. Um, He's the partner, let's say that. He's the partner of my dear friend Linda, who is a friend of my brother. We had yet another person who I met through my brother. but there's another connection between Colin and I, which is that, well, and my brother, which is that we all grew up in Ann Arbor, Michigan, which is a pretty, pretty spectacular place to grow up, in my opinion. And I think Colin agrees. And uh, we talked a bit about that. Um, and we talked about about a lot of things. And uh, after I throw this Super Bowl for my cats, uh, we'll talk to Colin. I don't want to sell myself. I just want to make a thing and say, see if you like it or not. Right. Um, But I get that that's not like the best business model for for getting ahead. I do think I'll find some way to monetize it, but I'm, it's not the, it's it's not the motivation. It's just not what I, I, sure. I'd like, I want this to be my job. You know, I would love to be paid to do this. It's Mm -hmm. my favorite thing to do. So if there's a way, 
I'd, I'd be into it as long as it's not selling myself out. There you go. Because I'm not going to advertise for Amazon or, you know, companies I can't get with. I got you. So. What's wrong with Amazon? <laughs> oh, nothing. They're not, they're not doing anything wrong. Um, cool. So are you good? You ready? You're, ready to go. We're in. Is the game started? The game is definitely underway. Mm. Michigan, Michigan State. Michigan, Michigan State is uh, something that if you're a Michigan fan, if you're a Michigan State fan, if you have any allegiance, you are in tune. Mm-hmm. Or even if you're not a fan, but you're just from there. You, 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 <laughs> this you, is true. You know about it. You, you do know, know about it. it. You do know about the rivalry. And it's uh, my allegiance to University of Michigan Athletics has, has runs deep. Uh-huh. So, did you play? Or did, or? Uh, my father was an All-American for the University of Michigan track and field. Oh, wow. So as a youth we went to a lot of uh, sporting events. Um, he coached track and field for umpteen years. Uh-huh. And uh, so that's how my fandom kind of grew. Okay. Well, it's a pretty, Ann Arbor is pretty saturated with with the sort of pride of. Well, the, without a doubt. I, you know, you like uh-huh. to say the you, first the university and then the, then the city. Yeah. And, you know that's true so well and isn't it like the most um the michigan uh sporting paraphernalia isn't it the most sold worldwide yes it is above and beyond all yes, it is. like it professional is. sports it's, well without a doubt the university of michigan is the uh, uh has the largest alumni base in the world really so yes M- meaning that meaning they're still intact and still communicating and- for sure Huh. People that have uh, are part of the alumni association, um, people that have graduated from the University of Michigan are spread out throughout the world. Huh. So uh, that's pretty cool. I mean, that's how it felt corners. growing up there. Is that people were coming from all over the world? There you go to teach there, and then they'd raise their families, and then you have yeah. friends of all different colors there and walks go. of life. There and, you go. Yeah. That was a great place to grow up. I, I, it's changed a lot, and it feels different to me when I go. But it's still Ann Arbor. It's still trees everywhere, and you know a lot of a lot of fond memories. The arbor of it all, right? Right. Um, it's kind of it's kind of evolved into something that I don't so much recognize as much as I have in the past. Same. Yeah. But you know, it's it's uh, it's still home. Yeah, that's cool. And uh, and you feel um, that's the only place you ever lived before here right or did well you, i or i you lived went to school? i went to school went away to school in toledo okay. university of toledo cool. uh i was there for four years but outside of that it's only what 30 some minutes right uh, 35 minutes away yeah we used to drive to toledo just on a whim just yeah for, like just for fun it's uh it's a it's a pretty pretty nice city uh, one claim to fame for toledo is it has uh the most restaurants per capita, really, of any of any city uh, in the the lower forty eight. That seems so unlikely, you know, Random. for Toledo well, to be. It's a lot of it's a lot of it's it's very much a testing ground for a lot of restaurants. They try out a lot of new promotions and things. That's of that so nature. weird. Why why there? Do you think? Uh the Midwest. You can't be as Midwest as uh, as Toledo, Toledo I guess. Ohio. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty. Huh, that's interesting. I've n- I mean, 
I, they're not known for their restaurants necessarily. Not so they, much. They just have a lot of them. They just have a lot of restaurants, <laughs> okay. and they have a lot of. Uh, uh, I don't know what you would say influences. Okay. From from both north and south, it uh, it plays into how folks look at and evaluate food. Okay. I suppose. Huh. So it's interesting. I never would have thought of that being like a guidepost. Like Toledo for it, you know, something well, like that. Most wouldn't, most yeah. wouldn't. But a lot of places in Ohio, they they do a lot of testing uh, for the rest of the, the United States. Huh. Um, it's it's a place that they figure you get a lot of variance in the amount of uh, influences and the amount of um, appreciation huh. for certain things. Based on where it is? Based on where it is geographically. um, Based on folks that travel through. But wouldn't you think it would be more like Chicago or something? Like a big hub? You would think that it would be more (laughs) Chicago. Yeah. And more of a place that's a little bit more transient. Or even bigger cities in Ohio. Columbus or Cincinnati or something. Well, yeah. You would think that. But Toledo is Toledo is the spot for food, I, That's I suppose. Yeah. And what did you study when you were there? I was a pre-law major. Uh, I had influences in, in sociology as well as communications. Um, as a pre-law, you have to pick an area of focus. Mm-hmm. And my focus was communications. My focus was sociology. I liked the study of how societies uh, worked and evolved and grew. Cool. So that's how uh, that's how I picked my my major. Uh huh. And yeah. are you are you in, in, implementing what? You're... I wish. Okay. I wish. I'm actually in uh, uh, co working right now. We deal with uh, small business entrepreneurship. Um, I was I'm part of the first co work space in Long Beach. Cool. Um, and what does it mean to co-work? It co-work just is sharing. just made is is basically you don't have a an office. Okay. We house your office. We house your your place of work. I see. And you do it for several so, businesses at the same so. time. Or? Very much okay. so. So there's a very eclectic mix of uh, of businesses, small businesses. Yeah. That call work evolution home. Okay. So. We utilize uh, our relationships with uh, the community of Long Beach, our, our location, geographic location, mm-hmm. uh, being in downtown to kind of uh, have our influence on small business entrepreneurship in the city. That's cool. Yep. You like doing it? It is. It's it's a living. You yeah. know, I, I definitely am looking to expand my horizons. Uh, what would be your ideal? Well... For me, I moved to California to get involved in the business. To, I was always told that I have a uh, resonating voice, mm-hmm. so I wanted to do voiceover uh, communications, whether that be uh, broadcasting, whether that be commercials or things of that nature. Mm-hmm. But I've kind of settled into my... Uh, into my home in Long Beach, so I'm I'm scared that uh, the the likelihood is getting further and further away. 
That's how it feels when you get older, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Yeah. Every all those dreams, all those big dreams, all those start big getting squished into smaller spaces, smaller and smaller spaces. Yeah, right. until it doesn't seem like they can all fit. And Very then, true. And then suddenly, maybe none of them can fit, and that's Indeed. a scary prospect. It is. A, it is a scary prospect, but, uh, but you, you got to keep pushing for it, right? You got to. That is the only choice, right? I think so. You, if you know what you want and and you don't feel fulfilled yet, then you got to keep going for the thing. Oh, for sure. You know? I think, or else you're. I don't know what else we're here for. I mean, I don't know what, what life is about if you're not going to pursue the things that make you happy, make and you passionate, feel enriched, and you know. Mm-hmm. So I feel like. Yeah, don't settle in too too deep to your comfort Trying zone. Trying my best not to not to settle. Yeah, that is definitely a uh, a good a good thing to keep in mind as you as you matriculate through life. Yeah, it's hard, man. It's hard because there's so much. There's so many oppressing forces that want to keep you keep the brother where down. You are. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, can we talk about that? I'm I'm, you know, being a white man, I have I have limited experience mm-hmm. uh, with that sort of discrimination okay so i'd be curious to hear your take if you i mean it's a huge huge topic but just what your experiences have been well coming from ann arbor michigan we it's very covert Mm -hmm. the amount of uh bias sort of that you encounter is masked um but those were some of the reasons that brought me to public school after uh, after I started in Catholic school, mm-hmm. if you will. Mm-hmm. Kind of bounced around from private to, to public, private to public. Was and, it a choice to go to public, ultimately? Uh, they kind of made the choice for me. Okay. You know? Um, I really thought that athletically... I'd have more opportunity in a public setting. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So going to going to Toledo, I was a I was an athlete. Uh what did I ran you play? track and track. I played football. Cool. Did you do the same events in track that your dad did? No. He was a quarter miler. Um and he was a a it's it's hard to say that I did I did anything that my dad did because he was on such a high level. I just mean like the actual the chosen the chosen focus. event. Like, did you do hurdles? Did you do this? Did you, you know? Very good. Uh, no, he like I said, he was a quarter miler. I was more of a short sprinter. Okay, hundred two hundred. Mm. So uh, that in and of itself uh, separates. Uh, the men from the boys to, yeah. be, to be in a full sprint, one lap around the track as compared to parts. That's, uh, that's definitely separated me from him. Yeah, I see that. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so you're saying that in that, well, we were talking about sort of ra- the race stuff being not totally above board. For sure. Specifically in Ann Arbor, you think? or just Specifically like in Ann Arbor, there's, there's, there's bias. That's what it all comes down to. Okay. Um, I experienced it a little bit when I first moved to private school. Okay. I first started out in middle school uh, at St. Thomas. Were you a clear minority when? I mean, did oh, you show up wow. as like the only? Absolutely. Yeah. No, you're clear minority. You're one of one. Uh-huh. One of two. Okay. That's what I figured. Yeah, yeah. That's that goes without a doubt. And well, we have class sizes of 
you know, 30 for a, for a middle school. Right. You know, it's pretty much the magnifying glass. You're on, the only one. On yeah. you and, and how that goes. So for me, the focus wasn't so much on what I could bring to the table when on the onset. Mm-hmm. It was it was more who I was. Okay. Um, and you felt like that was something you couldn't get away from. It was definitely something that I couldn't get away from initially. Because people are just putting that label on you before you. Well, people put a, a label on you from the jump. Yeah. And it's it's difficult to surpass, especially initially. Yeah. When you first move to to a new setting. Did you make some friends? Oh yeah. That that I imagine is what saved you. That's what <laughs> saved me. Once you realize you're have a lot of the same interests, mm-hmm. once you get past the 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 little uh, entree to 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 meeting people, right? Well, and when it comes to skin color, there is no like the entree happens before you get up to the. You know? That's the thing they they take you at face value, unfortunately. Yeah, from like ten blocks away. Indeed. And that's uh, that's the part that I'm. It's hard for me to fathom what that's like to have that be just a regular state of existence. You know, it's it's difficult to to experience. Yeah. Uh, but luckily, you know, you come from an educated background. It's not as it's not as apparent okay. as in other areas of of the U.S. I would think. Do you mean because the the that elevates your class somehow, so you can be seen? There in, is in, there is an elevation in in, in class and understanding and experience. Mm-hmm. And in Ann Arbor, you are lucky that you're able to have varying experiences with varying uh, walks of yeah, life. If people you will. from all over. Yeah. yeah. So. It's not uh, it's not too out of the ordinary to encounter someone from halfway around the world, which is you know what plays into the fabric, right? You know, yeah. As opposed to you know your BFE Nebraska or or Omaha, mm-hmm. Nebraska. No, <laughs> you you sometimes you don't get that variance. Right. So. And lots of places. I mean, probably most places you don't get the, the variety. Sure. And yeah, in, in inner cities, you, you know, you get only folks of, of varying class, you know. Right. So it's it's difficult to, to really have a balanced approach uh, to, to life. And I was very lucky. I want to be clear, very privileged to to come out of a, a place like Ann Arbor just based on it is based on the education yeah yeah that's it. that city is kind of built around that whole thing it is a hub. the campus is is central to everything and so you, it is a hub of higher learning yeah and uh, I was lucky yeah I feel the same way.
plays into what makes the person makes the man if mm -hmm. you will okay. your your experiences where you came from mm -hmm. and I was lucky to have had the parents that I've had and I was lucky to have had the experiences that I've had while I've not may not have enjoyed all of them mm -hmm. <laughs> they uh, they play into the, the person you see before you you know so my experience and and are you able to separate the you know i mean i'm just thinking about like that you know your experiences make make up who you are mm -hmm. and yet they're in the case of well in our society african americans have been sort of described by others more than they've ever had a chance to speak for themselves right so you know what your experiences amount to, and you know how you feel about yourself and where you stand to whatever extent you do. Mm -hmm. But someone else who doesn't know you, it seems like there's just, you have to, like, you're always having to convince oh, people for sure. that you're not what they think you are. I'm not. Don't believe your lying eyes right. sometimes. But isn't that just a shitty, like, you, can, you just can't be yourself? You got to, like, hey, look, 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 I have to prove to you that I'm not this other thing that you fabricated you know well that was why i wore and it was funny when we were recently scheduled to do this uh this podcast i had dreads oh right yeah i remember the picture now yeah my uh part of the reason why i grew dreads was because i wanted to see who you were before i spoke a word to okay you, you know yeah. i wanted to really see what you identified with interesting and and another reason, of course, was because of my heritage. My parents are from Trinidad. Mm. So I felt that was uh, a, a great description of uh, where my roots lie. Yeah. But did you notice different reactions with the dreads than you can Sure. Got yeah. Sure. It's pretty but, obvious. Yeah, it's pretty obvious. Um, <laughs> it's funny moving out to California, too. You get a much better reaction to to dreads depending on where you are okay geographically what well, where do you, where is it well received and where is it not well received well in your you're, you you would say huntington beach as compared to hollywood okay you know no dreads in huntington beach no dreads no, and dreads, dreads in huntington beach, beach. No, no, no. not so much dreads and okay dreads in beverly hills if you will right not so sense. much hollywood right but uh, yeah, it's, so but you were doing it sort of as a test, like to see yeah, how people my own to you? my own unscientific test yeah, to well, really see where experiment. you come from for sure. And so. did you get some feedback that was valuable, or did it just sort of reaffirm everything you already believed or thought about it? Well, for the most part, it uh, it, reaff it reaffirmed, I would say, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of what I thought because for the most part. 
Um, you can tell people were, were a little standoffish at first, and then you talk and express yourself, and they're just like, oh. Yeah. I didn't expect this, or I didn't. I didn't think this kind of verbiage would come from 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 this soul, right? You know. And how does that feel to you? Does that feel like you're you're not being seen? Like, well, for me, being seen uh, has never been a problem. Well, I guess I mean being like seen in in terms of who you know for who you are. Like, sure. Like if somebody. I mean, to me, it, that just it pains me to think that it's a surprise to hear someone speak. You know, you know. Well, I, I know that this is, exists. I'm not. This is not mm-hmm. like a. I'm not naive enough. No, to think of course this isn't, not. But it's it's hurtful to me that like they, that's the experience that you have to have, where it's like the assumption is something's wrong. Like you're you're dangerous. You're scary. Whatever. You know, right. Some some preconceived notion that came out of some bullshit mythology that the preconceived you know, notions yeah and that's what people carry around and and when it's your skin what the fuck are you supposed to do to disguise right. like you can't get in the door yet you have yeah. to you're already met with resistance before you get to the the gatekeeper you get even, to the you know? door right nuts just feels like such a travesty like to have that be the common experience you know, I mean, I'm, I don't want to extrapolate. No, say, but no extrapolation. Be, just go on. <clears throat> it just you, seems like, right like that's a very common experience for African-Americans in this society and probably in lots of societies or anybody, you know, any minority in any majority situation. Sure. But, but specifically that one, because there's so much, there's just so much falsehood about, there's just like so, the stories that have been told are just so wrong. Right. And that's what's, Damaging. I mean, same with most races that you would stereotype, you know, oh, Mexicans are lazy. Like, how the fuck do they come up with that when, you know, 16 hours a day in the right. kicking, uh, kicking, in the heat? Yeah, that's not laziness. No. I, th- I think it's, you know, people who are lazy resent but, people who can who can actually do the do work that and not complain about it and not point fingers at, you know, whose fault it is that they're working that job. And, you know, so it, it seems like it's just again and again and again, the people in power write the script. And everybody else has to just do their best to, to live within it. Live within or to go along. But that's unbelievably unfair to, to some people, you know? Like the people, like I got, I hit the jackpot in terms of like what you're supposed to, like I just hit like the privilege. If you go down the list of those things, I got, I'm really lucky, white, white, whatever. I don't, I don't think I'm better than anyone because of those attributes, but those are the things that people have decided over the centuries that that's like that's who is most important and everybody else comes after them right and that's a shitty feeling even for some so of those a little guilt definitely well and i don't know i wouldn't yeah it's not really white guilt it's just the guilt of knowing that you have it better than somebody else you know and and if that's like a, a given for in perpetuity for all of humanity that's bullshit that's not and i don't think it is i mean i think there's shifting happening and also because of the we're we're eventually going to be a lot more brown, like more. Oh, for know. sure. You see where the where the trends yeah. are. Yeah, yeah. We're all going to be like sort of that caramel color eventually. Mm-hmm. You know, if it keeps if you know if tribalism doesn't get in the way and keep us divided forever. But I just I don't know. To me, I it's really hard for me to sit with the injustice of that, and I'm not even a recipient of it like most Full of the on. time. You know, but right. I, but I feel the a pain of you know I can empathize to. The, a little bit at least. Your empathy is is very uh, appreciated. 
needless to say. Uh, there needs to be a lot more folks that are at least have a heightened awareness yeah. of uh, privilege. Yeah. Do you think that's happening? Like, do you think there's... I think for the people that I have encountered, there's the privilege uh, of it all as mm-hmm. is, is definitely um, apparent. Yeah, but are they aware? They're aware of it themselves. Sure. I think it's becoming it's sort of a new conversation that we're having in this society. I think about Absolutely. privilege and about what it like the damage that it does and Absolutely. the assumptions that you make when you when you're coming from a place of privilege can be really damaging for other people who don't have that same viewpoint. Experience. Yeah, and I've, I'm sure I've done it many times not knowing. Just said something that I thought was, I'm sure I've done it on this podcast, where I've said mm. something that to me is like a universal truth, but it's not. That's not for somebody who didn't have my experiences. I've definitely gotten, gotten in the way of some universal truths that are been proven false. Right, <laughs> yeah. It's weird that you can live with it as a truth mm-hmm. for a long time until you're met with the actual truth. Brutal. Yeah. The brutal truth. Yeah. Which, you know, as brutal as it can be, I, I do ultimately think it's the only, the only way to get real. It's the only way to you learn. Gotta, yeah. You got to look at what's actually there and stop telling stories about, you know, stop assigning value and changing the meaning of what's actually there. Absolutely. And that's, it's hard because everybody's got their own, you know, their own ideas. Yeah, and agenda. And, Their agenda know, is more of the better, and dis- the better way And discrimination. It. You know, they have all these things built in that, that make it so that they... It's possible for a person to live their whole life thinking they're on a virtuous path, you know, like a righteous path, and not know that they're sort of... Jaded. Wreaking havoc where they... <laughs> you know, I think I think there are people who are... They mean well. They're not doing anything malicious. But because of their privilege, they're just taking advantage of people and they're, they're not considering, they're not respectful of people below a certain level of recognition, or, right. you know? So yeah, I find it to be really damaging and I think it's really important that we start, especially those of us who are privileged in whatever way, you know, start talking about it and acknowledging that we've had these advantages and we can't assume that everybody else is on, is like on the same page. The acknowledgement of it all is how, uh, where growth happens. Yeah. So for me, um, coming to a foreign place um, and really understanding what's real mm-hmm. uh, about what makes and moves the Richter right. is where and how I grew and established myself here in this society. Okay. Um, you can't believe everything that you hear. I know. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to... to discriminate you know which mm. things if it if it lands and it feels personal yeah. even if it's not true right then that it's hard to let go of that i find you're right I, and I, and even if somebody's assigning some label to me and i know it doesn't fit i still feel like i i feel like i'm being put upon you know <laughs> yeah like even if i wish i were the type of person who could just say like well i don't i don't care what you think that's not accurate so what does it matter but I'm not. I actually get I get attached to someone else's belief about me if it's not true. Right. I want the truth to be. I want them to know that what the I, truth shall set you free. Yeah. And I, but I, but a lot of people aren't looking for it or don't want it when it's presented. Um, and that's I think why we keep running into these problems where you might be able to start the conversation and some people want to talk about it, but a lot of people just don't. They just, right. don't, they just don't want to hear it. They don't need it. 
yeah they don't feel like they're it's going to affect them like you know and i think that's the whole problem they're like living in their their own little glass house essentially well and i think that we i think that's become sort of an illness in the human race overall because there's this we have this ability to just look away when stuff's going on you know we know there's war happening right now like right. right this very minute there's war in the middle east there's war in africa there's you know there's stuff going on and a lot of it we're the united states is directly responsible complicit. for yeah either complicit or in in charge of you know mm. like leading the leading the charge but as citizens of the world you know it seems a bit odd that you can look and see that that's happening and then look back to your own little private world and be okay and just be like yeah it's not me it's not happening to me so i was poor then i I feel i feel bad for them but what can i do you know i think that sort of shrugging and giving up is what what keeps us from connecting beyond our own boundaries you know you gotta work you gotta think about how someone else lives if you want to truly understand them where empathy lies yeah but i yeah it's weird that we we don't well, I don't know. I guess some people aren't really striving for empathy, but it but it seems like it's beneficial to for everyone. It seems like it's something we should all have, you know. I think uh empathy really draws people together. Yeah, if yeah. you can have an understanding of someone else's struggle, that's how you can come become closer. To, to that individual because totally. I don't know I feel like the struggle is uh, struggle is real yeah. <laughs> the struggle is real yeah. and uh, for for me that that really drew me and my my girl my girlfriend Linda together uh, just understanding that we both have struggles and we and we both have challenges in life but we still put a face on it and we still won't let it get us down. Nice. That's that's something you felt like that's the bond that you connected I think over? so. That was definitely the bond. We when we first met, we went I don't know, what is it? 40 some days without uh of, of talking to each other. Right, like 24 hours. Yeah. That's awesome. That's the best feeling. Yeah, so it was it was an instant connection and I think that would referring back that was definitely one of the original uh unifiers um that we both had things in life that we wanted to improve if you will mm-hmm. and you wanted to do it well, together, we to do it a, together rather than apart that's awesome that's i mean that's what a real relationship is to me that's that's partnership yeah, it is partnership. You know, I think each person's got to have their own thing, their, like their jam that they got to, I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. And the other person just going to say, I support you in doing that. That's it. I'm going to do whatever you, you know, whatever it takes to help you. That's it. And you do whatever it takes to help me. And then we'll go. And it's a perfect team. I mean, that's what you, that's what you want. You want a, a, somebody to get your back no matter what. And know that <clears throat> that's maybe more valuable than anything like when it comes down to it's like knowing that somebody's going to be by your side no matter how you feel about yourself or what you've done or you know mm-hmm. it seems like that's knowing that you could have a trusted soul to come to your your support your defense your aid whatever it's a nice feeling i think that was definitely where where the trust lied 
uh, we had an immediate connection mm-hmm. and our the unity that we felt almost right away had drew us closer that's awesome so and did you have other like similar do you have other likes and interests and stuff that got you i mean i'm wonder, i'm just wondering if like there were if there was such a strong connection that like none of the other stuff mattered and you and you didn't even ask we had a we had like? a well, we had a we had an appreciation of the same music okay cool um we there was it's weird there was there was there was love almost immediately wow that's really cool so well, I, Linda is so full of love and ha- and so generous. It's unbelievable. You know, it's like yeah, it's hard not to feel it. Like was it was her. I was almost overwhelmed by the uh, appreciation for the smallest things in yeah. life, and that and the amount of joy that she took out of um, out of life was what drew me. I couldn't let her go. Good for you. Yeah, I, I, w- I don't blame you. It's super inspiring to see someone like that who can just mm-hmm. be. And she's had some shit. I mean, she's gone through some serious shit, and right. she still has that attitude. She's still able to persevere and be joyful, and you know, this is the truth. Conscientious. It about hasn't the been as stuff. easy for for us going through the struggle as we as we spoke on earlier. Yeah, it's definitely uh, what drew us together because we're not going to allow it to to keep us down. Curious about your parents? Have they they came from Trinidad? They came first, from, first yeah, generation for sure. I'm first generation. Wow. Excuse me. I'm first generation uh, uh, U.S. citizen. Um, my dad was uh, recruited off the island of Trinidad uh, to uh, compete and run track at the University of Michigan. Wow. He um, was that good. That he, they, they like went and found him and they went and found him, brought and, him and brought him, <laughs> brought awesome. him, brought him hither. That's amazing. <laughs> And, uh, you know, he transformed that into a career. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a professional athlete for, for some time, a coach. He uh, did his graduate school, 
graduate school work there mm-hmm. in, in social work, got his MSW from the University of Michigan. So uh, he really transformed his uh, his track and field career into a actual career in life. Yeah. Um, and what about your mom when she... She was a... She came to the States when she was uh, 18. They actually met when in New York... Oh, really? They're, yeah. They're both from Trinidad. But both from met, Trinidad, yeah. and they met in New York. That's awesome. So, Where did they meet? Uh, probably at a party. Uh-huh. <laughs> Something amazing. along those lines. That it's a little... I, I don't... I, I don't really get into the, the fine details okay. or how, how their actual connection came about, right. because I know them as Kent and Carol. Okay. And uh, they really had a connection in New York to the point where they got married and he knew that he wanted to come back and go to school Mm -hmm. and she wanted to stay in New York. Okay. And it took her some time to actually learn that the love was there. Wow. And that they needed to to be be together. together. That's cool. So So she was kind of like going as if, it may or may not happen yeah. for a while, and then you're and for then, sure. And was it? Did your dad have to convince her, or did she just come around? And she say, came around. My okay. dad, my dad is very, uh, very firm in his belief, whatever uh-huh. that may be, okay. um, and especially as it relates to uh, his future. Okay, at the time, you yeah. know. So he said, "I'm doing this. I'm doing this. Come along. You should you... come along, and if you uh, if you want a better better life for yourself." Wow. That's how he presented it to her? I'm sure that's not how he presented it <laughs> okay. to her. But that's what he was thinking? But think, I'm, sure that, I'm sure that that was the, uh, the, the thesis behind it all. Uh-huh. And he was right, apparently. Yep. Or, well, who knows how it would have gone the other way, but who it knows? sounds like he, he had something in mind. and He, he definitely he had something in mind, it. and he, he pursued um, his life accordingly. Yeah. So, yeah. Did you, growing up, was there much traditional... Trinidad in your world, or was it well mostly the, American? The the for me, they they established themselves to the point where they were going to Trinidad every year during Carnival. Oh wow! They have the largest um, one of the largest Carnival celebrations in the world during the Lenten season. Wow. What have you? So uh, it's renowned. Um, they so. The food was there. The music was always there. Okay. Um, but they were always they. When I was younger, they would take me uh, to, Trinidad. to Trinidad. Amazing. Every so, year? Not every year, but quite a few years uh, in a row. I would go because they were always going. Wow. What did you? How, what's it like? Well, it's a tropical paradise. Yeah. Yeah. Is it somewhat unspoiled, or is it being ruined by? Well, yeah. it's palm oil. No, Trinidad is. Um, it's definitely a very rich nation because of the natural resources. Mm-hmm. What, um, what are their exports? Oil and gas, okay. um, as well as sugarcane. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they have all of the pleasures, all the infrastructure, uh, all, and all, the, all the infrastructure, amenities, amenities that nice. life has to offer. That's great. So, uh, luckily, uh, 
I was able to experience Trinidad, and I'm a dual citizen. Oh, awesome. So would you ever consider living there? Or I would I would very much consider living there. Do you, is uh, that something you look ahead to, like a place I, to retire? Well, for example, my dad is spending a month there in his retirement. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so he just <clears throat> retired um, not too long ago, and during this celebrations, this what is it? Carnival season. He's spending an entire month there for awesome. the first time. Just him? Just him. My mom's spending a couple of weeks and then she's coming back and going to work. That's but, cool. Yeah. They, uh, they're definitely going to enjoy, uh, retirement. Yeah. For it sure. sounds like a nice place. Absolutely. To do it. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm assuming their names, Kent and Carol were chosen names. They were chosen. <laughs> do they ever use their Birth names, or is it just are they? The well, kind of- not they were. Excuse me. That let me let me let me revert back. There they weren't chosen names. Those were their birth names. Those were the okay, but but chosen with like what? What's the influence that would bring those names? Catholic, okay, Catholic and Anglican. So uh, is that a pretty common thing in Trinidad? For oh, for sure, everybody to have sort of well, John and Paul and absolutely. And, okay. Well, you have to exp- you have to understand that. Um, they were first. Uh, they were first Occupied. colonized uh, right. by the British, mm-hmm. the French, and the Spanish. Port of Spain is the capital. Okay. Um, so with all that, you're going to have a lot of um, Christian right. ideals. Yeah. That kind of. Well, I'm uh, sure there were missionaries there long before. For sure, any of that stuff. For was sure, because because of the sugarcane. So oh, it was right. a slave. It was a slave oh. nation, and all of that. So, so when did Trinidad become a, an independent nation? Independent nation. This was in the seventies. I okay. want to say. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> well, I'm just trying to think of your parents. They were there as as kids when it was still. It was still under. Yeah, it was still colonized. Wasn't independent. Wow. And then there was British. Was that a? Have you talked to them at all about what that was? It a well, different... they went. They went to. It wouldn't be boarding school, but definitely Catholic schools okay. and that sort of thing. And so that's the education. Where, that's where they had that idea for you. When absolutely, came, when the time came. absolutely. When the time came, that's why it wasn't. It wasn't a uh, a secret that that Catholic school was something that they were weren't opposed on the table. to. Yeah, interesting. But did they did they have Growing up there, they didn't really have a choice, right? It was all Catholic. Absolutely, they did not have a. They did not have. They did not have a choice. Um, It was only, mostly, only Catholic schools. So I wonder when they were thinking about schools for you, if they were able to even consider what the what other ones would be like. Seems like you would just say, "Well, he's got to go to Catholic school. That's what we know." Unless, unless they hated their experience with it. But they have nothing to compare it to. So. Well, my 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 educational experience was definitely interesting because uh, school was uh, secondary to play for me. Oh, really? Absolutely. Oh, that's. I cool. love to. I love to be outside. I love to run around and and that sort of thing. And oh, for you, but not for, for your, me. But not for your parents. It not for okay. them. Yeah, yeah. Not for them. I thought that's what you were saying. Like you oh, were allowed to have no. play be your priority. No, no. no yeah. No. Well, isn't that true with every kid? Or if play is the play would be the first choice. Well, of course, but you know you have to buckle down sooner or later, right? I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> I guess so. I resisted it for a long time. I but... resist. I resisted it for a really long time. Yeah. But um. 
Yeah, they took a lot of my influences um, and they thought that the structure would be there in Catholic school to kind of focus me into whatever future that I may want to have. So uh, that's, I think, what kind of led them to Catholic school. But it wasn't so much a religious leaning or anything was it no i was baptized yeah but uh like my dad was catholic my mom was anglican Mm -hmm. i was baptized anglican wow uh so (laughs) uh you know it i don't think that there was an anglican church that i could have gone to or anything like that but would you have um are you are you a fan of church I, I there's there's some belief in the good uh, that can come from from having a belief in God, mm-hmm. having a belief in a higher moral compass and code. Yeah, but with the recent uh, misgivings and my experience, especially, I don't understand how you can call yourself Catholic and still <laughs> conduct yourself a certain way. Yeah, that's certainly. Yeah, the contradictions are, are, are far and wide and far and wide, and very sinister apparent. in some cases. I'm telling you, but um, yeah, I mean that's always been my my problem with most organized religions mm-hmm. that there's there's some dogma and there's some like there are all these rules to live by that don't really fit and they don't make sense and they're not nice a lot of right. times. And, right. Uh, so I think you're right. Like the if you well whatever your belief in God, it, it seems like there's a benefit to. And like a trying to have a bigger understanding of what else is like beyond mm-hmm. yourself, right? But the church doesn't really offer that. They right? Are, they offer one way of being. This is what God is. Right. This is how you believe. Right. And Very anything else stringent. is you're going to hell. That's you know, and that doesn't that model is never gonna it's never gonna feel good even for the the people who are inside it. I don't think. I don't. I can't imagine it would feel that good to just be looking around and thinking like, well, all these people are doomed. Right. You know? Like only me and my select little group is worth anything. And these people are all, you know, heathens. Yeah. They're, I that's can't feel for good. me is not something that I could ever truly believe in. Mm-mm. And that's why I've, I didn't, I was lucky to not be forced. I went to church a handful of times and mm-hmm. I was forced to go those times, but I wasn't forced to go for like ongoing and I, and I resisted it immediately. Just I could just tell. I didn't even know what the guy was talking about at the, at the podium, but I knew it just felt so uh, restrictive and sort of like threatening. And all you know, I hate all that wrath of God shit. I right. don't. I don't believe that a God, if there is such a thing, would be wrathful. It right. doesn't make any sense. My for me, my mom was always the uh, the avid churchgoer. Mm. Um, because her, the only father that she knew was a preacher. Okay. So she was very... Uh, indoctrinated. Indoctrinated, uh, just in, in in love with the church. Wow. Um, but I would go for other reasons. Okay. To hang out with my friends. Yeah, yeah. To... Just to have something to do on a Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. Did you get into the ritual of it? Getting dressed up. I did up and get that? into. I did get into the ritual. I was a um, choir boy. Oh, cool! 
I uh, your mom was proud of that. Oh, sure. Because <laughs> there, there was some talent there. Do you what, still sing? I don't still sing. Only, only in the car in the shower. Yeah, but that is that. Would you want to? Would you want to do more than that? Or is that... I would love to do more than that. I would love to uh, live off of uh, something that's innate. Yeah, in me. That's a cool way to put it. But um, we just running out of opportunities these days to yeah. to really thrive on on something that that you you produce right so yeah, it is getting harder um but again like we said in the beginning it's what what other pursuit is there you know right why, like why not at least try well that's definitely something that uh that is not out of the realm we'll say good cool well singing in the car in the shower is a good it's good practice anyway very and, much so and it's fulfilling right i mean i find like just singing it just feels good sure and uh you don't need to be doing it for somebody else for it to feel good absolutely the whole uh whole breathing apparatus is very therapeutic yeah yeah and for me it's just like there there is emotional content to an arrangement of notes you mm -hmm. know and that's it's beautiful to me when that the all the different ways all the different configurations that music can take and then and surprise you with these twists and turns and and it's just true to me it's just like it's true beauty like when i when it hits oh, that 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 resonant thing where everything vibrates with you and you know that's i don't know another feeling like that i'm very musically uh very musically inclined especially throughout high school uh i was in concert uh and symphony band oh cool what'd you play uh, i was played a euphonium so oh, wow. like a baritone yeah and uh i was in the top choir when i was done so music was definitely something that uh i had to embrace mm -hmm. because there was there was there was some not just talent there there was there was definitely a love of of of, of sound yeah so i'm, I'm with you I can't live without it. I mean, I, I really feel like there's a huge vacancy if it, without music. Well, that's why you produce. Yeah, that's true. You can make if you can make your own, then you're always you're always ready. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I uh, I feel very lucky to have like whatever limited ability I have, and just the love of it is enough. Like I, it fuels me. I don't I don't need to be the best or be, you know, have millions of adoring fans. It's just the music. The music is what is the payoff is you know absolutely so, and that's a for me a, just a purer way of approaching something in general just don't don't think about what it all adds up to just just sit with what it is you know and music's like for me is the most it's the most direct tap into that sort of feeling you know because it's instantaneous. You put it on. It's you know, if it's something that you relate to or resonate with, you respond. You're gonna feel it like physically and and emotionally. You'll feel it. So to me, that's a that's a worthwhile pursuit mm -hmm. for anyone who loves it. You know, absolutely. So and now you can do it on your. You know, you can make stuff on your. Now own. you can make it up. Yep. Yeah. Yes, indeed. <laughs> cool, man. Well, what uh, do you have? Any do you have other things that you had in mind to? discuss or anything over the since we first talked about doing this like a year ago or whenever it was 
well, uh, my love of sport, (laughs) (laughs) my love of anything and everything, uh, University of Michigan athletics is definitely something that has uh, carried me through during the dark times. (laughs) Can Um, you talk about that? Like, what? How how did that? Well, I've been lucky to have success uh, in these young student athletes. Uh, They. They've very much produced on the playing field, the field of play. Uh, And I've been lucky enough also to be able to support them, Um, especially last year uh, during this time. They were in the Final Four, Uh uh, and they actually played out here in in California. So it was another wonderful thing to, to go out the Elite Eight come out and support them awesome. uh, in person and to see all of the University of Michigan faithful uh, mm-hmm. come out and support them as well. Yeah. Um, and as for for football, um, which is my first love, <laughs> um, they're always televised. They're yeah. always on the tube. So Saturday, Saturday mornings, I'm always able to uh, wake up and watch them in my PJs. Uh-huh. So, so no matter how you're feeling, that's a good. That's no matter, a good yeah, a, no matter nice how comfort. I'm feeling, that's comfort. That's that's a way to kind of uh, be taken away for an hour and a half to two. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, you're always able to get that peace, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, whether they do well or not, that something that you're familiar with and respond to, you can look at and appreciate. Yeah. Do you feel like if they lose, you you're more likely to spin out and be <laughs> go back to feeling shitty? Or now do- that that was definitely something uh, that, as a youth, uh, was more uh, more apparent. Uh, you're more invested in more and more more physically and emotionally invested in the outcome of uh of whatever sporting event but luckily uh as you as you grow uh older and you realize what truly is important in Mm -hmm. life you're able to uh get by (laughs) yeah that's cool that's a good thing to recognize about yourself for sure i know a lot of people who love sports but to hear it explained like that as a, it's actually like um it's like a sanctuary of sorts absolutely and that's um, pretty cool to have. we i'm very and, and luckily i have a partner that uh that appreciates my uh my 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 fandom yeah if i've you will. seen her rocking her own blue and maize yeah uh, apparel. i've officially converted her yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> that's what happens yeah that's cool she's, well that's great that she stands by you with that Absolutely, you know, or at least allows you to have your love of it without interfering. Absolutely, that's huge. Cool, man. Absolutely. All right. Well, I I appreciate you being here during a Michigan Michigan State basketball game. That's a huge. That uh, is sacrifice. a huge sacrifice, if you will. It's a huge sacrifice, wow. but uh, it's it was a pleasure to uh, be able to express myself in varying various forms, varying forms. Yeah. Uh, to to really uh 
see what what goes into making me tick, if you will. I really appreciate you doing it in in front of me, and it's mm-hmm. great to get to know you. And you know, it's the first time we met, but I, you know, it is first. Linda's like, one, you know, she's just such an incredible, lovely human that, uh, you know, anybody if she if Linda said, hey, you should talk to so and so, I'm like, yep, you got it. Wow, if, if you say so, that's that's something. Yeah, yeah, she's a special gal for sure. Well, to have the have a cosign is definitely uh, <laughs> appreciated. Cool. Well, thanks a lot for coming, man. I really thanks appreciate again. it. I'll talk to you soon. You will. Bye. you all for listening super duper appreciate it uh that was my new friend colin um that was our first ever conversation and uh i thought it was pretty cool we got into some good stuff and uh i really really appreciate my guests all of my guests who um come on and talk about their lives to whatever extent they're willing and uh I think it's awesome. So many thanks to everyone who's been on. I look forward to many, 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 many more. And um, yeah, I, you know, the show is supposed to be out every Friday. That's my commitment to myself and to the world. And um, lately, life has been throwing me all kinds of curveballs. Um, and so sometimes Fridays get stretched into saturday and that's the case this week and uh but i but i do still plan to be here every single week no matter what unless my head falls off but um that's not happening uh yet all right love you guys see you next time bye